Life's Learning Curve, the podcast. I'm your host, former educator and media producer, Paul Hart. Did you ever wonder how so-and-so got to where he or she got? She's so famous. He's so humble. She's really funny. Spiritual. Kind. Extroverted. Patient. You know. Gifted. Descriptors. My guests and I on this podcast retell true stories from our lives, stories of people, places, and events that uh, may have changed us or redirected us in some way as a composite of our entire life. These are the stories of people and events that made us better, a better us. Life is a work in progress, and we're all still working at it. Right. Today, we take a look at an innocent young guy who quietly existed as a victim. But if you looked a little bit deeper, eh, just a little bit deeper, he was the source. He was the superordinate, the creator of chaos. Quiet danger. Do you know somebody like that? <laughs> Let's get going. Sebastian. Here we go. Gideon. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode Caught Red-Handed. Stand by. Negative Celebrity. From the moment I entered high school that day, I usually was an invisible student for the most part. We all are. Except for some of the boisterous ones, I guess. I had some celebrity that day, but I did not know why. People rushed up to me. Hey, Paul. Yo, man. Joey Malone is looking for you. What? Who? Apparently, there was some guy, real guy, fictional guy, I don't know. He was trying to intimidate me. Or someone was. Yeah, he said you did something really bad to him. Bad? He's going to get payback. He wants to fight. What I hear, Paul? You're quite an asshole. Joey's a good guy. Now, I heard about this guy, Joey, all day at school. Joey's looking for you. Come on, really? I didn't know Joey. I didn't know of a Joey. But I was a sophomore, and I had no enemies that I knew of, and I wasn't out there trying to make enemies, so I did not go around looking for trouble or making trouble in general, so I had no idea what was going on. Okay, then, I asked some of my friends, what does this Joey Malone kid, what does he look like? Have you seen him? Oh, come on, Paul. You seen him? I'm sure. No. He's got long, long, dark, curly hair, and he's kind of quiet. He's a nice guy, too, but because of you, he's really angry. He's going to punch you in the mouth. Me? Why? You sure this guy is real? You sure he's looking for me? Oh, yeah. I don't know a thing about this guy or... You. Why he wants me. The Incident. Period 7, band class. There was a knock on the door to our classroom. Pages from the office came to our classrooms pretty frequently to deliver messages. So it wasn't too uncommon when I was told to go to the hallway, and I did. When I reached the white-walled hallway, I looked up to see this wild, long-haired, dark-haired kid. Amazed that he was a real person. This must be the guy. I was still sure this whole thing had to be... A misunderstanding or something. I said, Hey, you're you're Joey Malone, right? 
He responded by saying, Are you Paul? Yeah, that's me. What's up, Joey? This is... With his meaty right fist, Joey hit me square in the mouth. I stumbled. Almost instinctively, I ran my tongue across my upper lip. My teeth had penetrated and lacerated through my upper lip. I felt my lacerated skin leave that area and droop down to my chin as blood began flowing pretty freely. Surprised and angry, I grabbed Joey and I pinned him to the wall and proceeded to bleed on him until our assistant principal, Mr. John Qualson, broke it up. Joey continued to lash and thrash around angrily. He was out of control. Joey had to be restrained. Me? My office. Still not understanding what just happened, I walked behind Mr. Qualson to the office. Our assistant principal, John Qualson. Now, the assistant principal, Mr. John Qualson, stood around six foot three, and he was good friends with my father, my dad. Hi, Bob. They both were principals. Mr. Qualson was, he was an athletic man. He had done a lot of sports before becoming an assistant principal. He was around the age of 40 or something, and he had plenty of experience, like I said, in sports, in school discipline, and handling kids like Joey, who continued to scream and thrash it was an accident. all the way to the office. He hit me. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Why I didn't hit back. Paul, always defend yourself. Why didn't I hit back? My dad always told me to defend myself if necessary. Always. But if there was an option not to hit, I would not be charged with any kind of assault. I knew that if I hit this guy back, the police would have to be involved. That's how it was back then. Yeah. So I was mad. Yeah. But not mad enough to initiate my own personal individualized police record. Or to get thrown out of sports for fighting. Apparently this entire incident had been a ploy by Joey's girlfriend. Lori, I believe her name was. The Mixer. And it was to make Joey pay more attention to Lori, make her make Joey jealous. So she was really the person at the inception of all this trouble. It was this girl named Lori. She'd made the trouble, created the deceptive illusion. Apparently she had made up a story and then miscommunicated that story, a lie, to Joey, which all of this I had nothing to do with. I just showed up at school. Once in the office, I recalled that when the assistant principal and good friend of my father, Mr. John Qualson, phoned my dad about what had taken place, he said, John, funny. It's, it's funny, Bob. This uh, Joey's not a troublemaker. He's never had any problems or fights at school. He just kind of hangs around the metal shop and the metal shop kids. For me, after a few stitches, I was still confused about the whole thing, but eventually I let it go. Advice from Dad In the weeks that followed, I ran into Joey after he got out of suspension. And face to face, Joey still was angry. He still threatened me. And I told him, Joey, come on. Think about what you're doing. Think about, you know, what your girlfriend said and what the facts are. Uh, If you want to continue this campaign against me, I just wouldn't do it if I were you. You need to straighten this out with your girlfriend, not me. 
That was a line given to me by my father who had fought and cuffed his way through childhood. Except my dad's version of that same line was kind of like a streetwise Abbott and Costello. You just tell this Joey kid, don't be a stupid mug, yeah? What goes? Not a good idea. And I'll smack some sense into that empty head of yours. Just think about it, Joey, before I give you the old one, too. The Bowery Boys. My dad's inspiration. Nice. Thanks, Dad. People do stupid things for their girlfriends. It really bothered me that Assistant Principal John Qualson had told my dad that Joey was not a troublemaker and that he had never had any problems in school and he frequented metal shop. Well, that didn't bother me, but that's just what he did. Yet, the Joey I encountered was like a teenage thug and he was just full of rage, negative propaganda and wanting to fight constantly. I was confused. I still am. Anyway, that's where my story ended with Joey Malone. But for our podcast, that was just the beginning of the story for Joey. The Summer of the Finger. Speaking of Assistant Principal Mr. John Qualson, my dad used to direct the summer school program for additional summer job with my high school assistant principal, Mr. John Qualson. They were friends. They'd both been raised around sports, and in their heydays, they both had played baseball, and they both had excelled in it. Like, kind people are the best friends sometimes, and that was how my dad and John were. Hey, hi, John. Now, I recall that one summer, it was the summer right after my incident, John had asked my dad to stop over after work and help him saw up a tree that had fallen in his yard after a storm. I'll be there, John. On a late day in the summer, it was early evening, we got a call from my dad from the emergency room. The chainsaw John Qualson he had used sawing into a tight knot bounced out awkwardly out of the uh, the tree limb that my dad was holding steady, and it rebounded into my dad's finger. 21 stitches later, my dad was back home with his middle finger stitched and dressed and wrapped thickly gauze and bandages. Per usual, my dad never made a big deal out of any type of injury or any type of thing. I'm proud to say that my dad was part of that greatest generation ever group. They went through World War II. Not complainers. Rather grateful and always humble. Oh, Dad, that looks terrible. Leave your father alone now, Paul. He almost lost his finger today. What? Dad? I looked at him and I asked, Really? My dad just smiled slightly and shook his head, No. All I remember about that summer is when people asked my dad about his finger and how it was healing, he would hold it up quite seriously to show. And that imagery still sticks in my head of my dad lifting up that thickly gauzed and bandaged middle finger to show people. How's the finger, Bob? Look at this. Oh, dear. He would tell my grandparents when they asked. My neighbors. Omar. Our pastor at church. How's the finger going, Bob? Look at this. Oh, oh my. Oh, God's healing to you. Yes. Yeah, it was awfully embarrassing. I remember that image that I can still see it. 
He was not trying to be funny or goofy or being proper, but the image of my father holding up that injured middle finger to show my friends when they came over and they wanted to see it, that image haunts me and and it makes me kind of laugh all at the same time. (laughs) Take a look, kids. Oh, that's nasty, Mr. Hart. Almost healed down. The Wrong Driveway Six months after the Joey Malone incident, it was nighttime, 2 a.m. The location was the residence of my assistant principal, John Qualson, right here in the good old mid-Midwest. Heat lightning had flashed on and off in the distance, and the flashes were frequent every 30 seconds or so. Also, flashes of real bolt lightning and low rumbles alerted the region that a thunderstorm was coming in from the west. The remainder of the story was explained to my father by John Qualson during a cookout. As I listened nearby but out of view, John Qualson told my dad... Bob, you remember that storm we had about two nights back? Whoa. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. So uh, I couldn't sleep, so I, I got up. It's probably because of the lightning flashes and the thunder. So I, I walked to the front window to watch the storm come in. But I'll be doggone, Bob. You know, I always park my car right up close to the house, you know, right? Oh, yeah. Well, my car was halfway down the driveway, and the driver's side door was open. So... I walked closer to the front window. I could see a flashlight moving around inside my car. Every time lightning flashed, I saw a person in the car. Someone was inside my car. Someone's in your car? I'm like, oh no, some idiot chose to steal my car during a thunderstorm. My wife was awake now and she was with me, so she was on the phone to the police. So I knew they were coming. I walked quietly outside and grabbed a shovel as my defensive tool if I needed it. I approached my car, which was halfway down the driveway, and thunder rubbled deep. It was loud. The storm was coming. I didn't know if I should be handling this by myself or wait for the police. So I really wanted to get my neighbor from next door, but I didn't have time. My car could be gone by then. I came parallel to the open driver's door. The guy was working under the dash with the wires. Caught red-handed, trying to hotwire my car. So anyway, Bob, this guy, the thief, he was under my dashboard. Oh, he's gonna hotwire your car. Not knowing what to expect, I just loudly yelled, Okay, step out of there. Step out of my car. My next-door neighbor, Glenn Stockton, yeah. you know Glenn, right, Glenn? must have yeah. heard me because in seconds he shot out his front door and headed toward me. You know Glenn, right, Bob? Big guy, yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy. He, he's a strong mountain of a guy. He works in cement and masonry. You know, Glenn's a six-foot-six. He's a, he's a big guy. Anyway, before the thief even got out of the car... Glenn yells to me. What's going on here, Qualson? I said, Glenn looks like this guy is trying to hotwire my car. Not in this neighborhood. 
With that, Glenn reaches in and he pulls the guy out by his hair. Came out pretty fast, but when he hit the ground, he spun and he ran. He was fast. Glenn grabbed my shovel and tripped him. And that slowed him down long enough for Glenn to grab him. Really? Yeah, really. This happened. Yeah, it happened. And, and, and he tripped him and he held on to him for the police. And the police were coming. But then, this guy, the thief, made a grave mistake. In his left hand, he had a tool or something he was working with. He bashed Glenn in the nose with a claw hammer. Oh my gosh, he had it in his left hand. Glenn, you okay? Immediate blood, right? Yeah, of course. Coming down Glenn's nose, once again, Glenn grabs the thief's hair. You know, with all the force and anger Glenn had after being hit with a hammer in the face, Glenn hit this uh, thief with his fist. Just once. (laughs) So, after one of Glenn Stockton's attention getting wax, I hear the thief yell, Mr. Clausen, is that you? I looked over and I said, Joey? It was Joey Malone trying to steal my car at two in the morning. Glenn restrained Joey until the police got there. Get me out of this, Mr. Clausen. Hey, I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Sure, I thought. So the police arrived, and so did the rain began at the same time. And I was glad they were there. Listen, I wasn't so sure Glenn would have stopped after what Joey had done. He whacked him in the face with that hammer. Calm down. Help me, Mr. Clausen. I said, Joey, it looks like you picked the wrong driveway to steal a car from tonight. So what's our takeaway? What did we learn today? What what did I learn here from this? Well, I learned to be cautious. I was always cautious, but I learned to be even more cautious. And that some people, like Joey, could be chameleons. Mild and timid becomes angry and violent. Is it right to threaten, intimidate, and scare to impress your girlfriend? Is it right to steal from your community? You know, like a car. Just break in and take it. Joey Malone just did not feel what he did was wrong. He never did. His priority was to meet his own needs. And that was more important to him than how he hurt others. A well-behaved kid in school, but Joey was really a time bomb. Waiting to go off, waiting to hurt other people, anxious to steal. You know, that summer afternoon at the cookout where Mr. Qualson told my father that story about Joey. When he was done, Mr. Qualson in his patio chair turned way around, looked over his shoulder, and he looked at me. He knew I was there, and he raised his eyebrows as if to say, Paul, listen, Joey Malone may not have been such a great kid, and he was caught red-handed. But you know what? We're going to pray for him anyway. Absolutely. For life's learning curve. I'm Paul Hart. 
Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Episode 60, Caught Red-Handed, of Life's Learning Curve podcast was put together by producer Sebastian T. Dog, executive producer Paul Hart, technical director Heidi Cerner, editor Paul Richards, audio and sound Riley Hart, production manager on today's show Jim Entwistle, studio equipment management Don Compton. Find us on Facebook and listen to us just about everywhere podcasts are heard. And visit our website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and subscribe. Read a blog or shoot us an email. This episode has imaginative voice recreations. To protect the privacy of others, some names have been changed and characters conflated. Caught red-handed. Season 4, episode 60. I'm Paul Hart, and you know that we will be back soon with more stories from Life's Learning Curve.